Somebody shout loud. You don't know like I know. I get joy when I think about what he done for me. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. What the Lord has done for me. that he made in this book. Amen. What an hour to live. What a, what a time to be manifesting of the grace of God. And amen. I, I tell you, what a, what a day. Amen. To think about what he's done for us to get us to this place and the grace that he showed us in our lives. Amen. I, I, I tell you, sometimes I think about that little woman, <laughs> amen, that went to the feet of Jesus and they sang a song says, you don't know because you wasn't there the night that he saved me and I tell you if you've ever been saved you don't never get over that if you've ever been freed by the master you don't never get over that I know we get hard hearted in this age but I can't hear somebody talk about my Lord without it just doing something on the inside of me amen, amen. I, I, I tell you I, I pray to God that I don't never lose the feeling to serve him and to love him amen Amen. I want to say God bless you this morning. Certainly an honor to be in the house of God. And amen. We have enjoyed these meetings. My goodness. My son Zach called me uh, yesterday. He said, Dad, he said, uh, I got to catch you first service. He said it was a blessing. We heard Brother Ron. He said, it must feel pretty good to be able to preach meetings with guys you'd go drive to here. <laughs> I said, it does, son. It does. I mean, so I, if I wasn't preaching, I'd be here. I'd love these men of God in the, in the sermons. How many enjoyed last night? My goodness. My goodness. Brother Donnie got to talking about my champion. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Glory. What a champion. Amen. What a, what a mighty God. Amen. And we, uh, we certainly love these men and want to give you our greetings today from Brother Erickson and the church there at True Word Tabernacle. Say God bless you and the saints that are here with us. Uh, we've got several from the church and thank you all for coming and, and being a support today. Amen. We just want to this morning maybe just to bow our hearts in a word of prayer. Amen. Um, sometimes uh, we, just, we just take a moment and just speak to him because he's the important one in the building. And we, we want to ask him to come and, and take a hold of this meeting this morning. Heavenly Father, as the 
feelings in the building, the grace, Lord, the liberty that is here. Lord, we want to take a moment to praise you. The God that hung the stars in the heavens and Lord makes the sun shine every morning. Nobody ever had to go prop it up or nobody ever had to brighten it. But because your word spoke over it, there's power in it. it, Lord, it burns every morning. It brightens every day. And Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for that grace that you've done in our life that wakes us up in the morning, gets us moving, Lord, speaks to our lives. And and Lord, we'd just like to invite you into this meeting in a special way this morning. May you step into this building, Lord, Lord, by your word. May May it come into every heart, Lord. You speak into every need. There, there are needs here in this building. There's lives that need changing, Lord. There's hearts that have questions, Lord. And, and you're the answer. You're the answer to every heart. You're the grace to every need, Lord. And, and we invite you, Lord, to come. And Lord, this morning there at home, I know there's needs. Uh, Brother Robert's in the hospital. I pray that you'd touch him. And Lord, there's those that are homebound. That I just ask for your grace. And For the Thompson family this morning, may your hand of grace be over them, Lord. We're asking you today that you would come and meet the needs, Lord, of every person, this congregation, those that are viewing, Lord. Now, may you be merciful to us. Father, we commit this in thine hands. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. And God bless you this morning. If you have your Bibles, we would like to go to the scripture in the book of Joel. The second chapter in the 28th verse, Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Amen. Joel 2 and 28. It's a very tremendous Old Testament prophecy of the day that we live. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Brother Brown uses this scripture a lot in the message. In the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, in the 11th verse, Paul, in the New Testament, speaking of this same happening. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. May God bless you this morning as you be seated. I'd like to just speak to you a little bit today uh, upon this topic and I'd like to take this title I think it's the first time I've ever took a title here. Uh, But this is the dynamics are here. The dynamics are here. I think it's a very very awakening time for the church of the living God. I believe it's an hour such such as no man's ever been able to live or to be able to be in. So I I pray God give us the ability to. Uh, to get a hold of the time that we live and to see what kind of age that we're in and allow us to recognize where we're standing. In the rise of the sun in 1965, paragraph 107, the first sheaf come up from all the prophets, which was the son of God, the king of all the prophets. 
And there has been churches and churches and brides and brides and churches and brides. But there's got to come one. There has got to come a real bride. There must come one that's not only got the mechanics, but the dynamics of it. Now look what he said. He said there's got to come a real bride. And that real bride's going to have both the mechanics and the dynamics of it. That makes the church live. It moves in the power of his resurrection. Until we come to the place that we find that, what good does it do to polish the hubs? What good does it do to give a face a lift or seminize the job when there's no dynamics in it, no matter how much the mechanics prove to be right? There has got to be a dynamics that will make it work. No matter how much we can stand and prove that it's right, there has to be something that makes it go to work. Something's got to make it work in our lives. Now, in paragraph 110, Brother Branham will say this. That's what he proved. Hallelujah. That's what Easter proved. That he wasn't only the Word, but he was God himself. I... The preacher in me wants to stop and preach an hour on the Godhead right there. Amen. To all these people that separated our Lord in half a dozen places. I think they could read these things that help them. He said, that, but he was God himself, the dynamics in the word. He wasn't only the word, but he was God himself, the dynamics in the word. And that made the body of our Jesus Christ cold, stiff, and dead and in the grave. Shake into the life and rise again. Roll away the stone. He said, I am he that was dead, so dead to the sun. He, he, he was so dead to the sun, was dead the moon. He was, uh, excuse me, he was, roll away the stone. I am he that was dead, so dead to the sun. Amen. He was so dead to the moon, said he was dead. The stars said he was dead. Nature said he was dead. The whole world has to recognize now that he's alive again. He was not only the mechanics, he was God's word. He was the dynamics to prove it. And he being the groom, the bride has to come forth because it's part of him. And it can only be the manifestation of the fulfilling of all the revelations that any other has spoke of the bride. See, it can only manifest. If it does something different from the groom, it isn't the bride. Because she is flesh of his flesh. She is bone of his bone. She is life of his life. She is power of his power. Oh, Brother Adam says it wonderfully. She is him. And a man or a woman and a woman taken from his side, she had been taken a spirit, the feminine spirit from him, the flesh from his side, both made mechanics and dynamics the wife. The spirit of him and the flesh of him and put it together and made mechanics and dynamics. Amen. Made mechanics and dynamics. That's who the bride is. She is the flesh of him, but she's also the spirit of him. Where did Eve get the particles for her body? From Adam. Where did Eve get her spirit? It was from Adam. She was both his flesh and his blood and his spirit. And so is the church of the living God. She's not only the word, but she is the spirit that was taken from Jesus Christ that makes that word live within our lives. See, to say that you're the bride means you're saying you are both mechanics and dynamics. Unless you're that, you cannot be the bride. Amen. But if you're that, then the spirit of it is going to prove, amen, who you are. The dynamics of it, it's his mechanics. 
mechanics. Do you see now, Brother Adam will say it like this again. Amen. Now, after the, all these Easter bunnies and ceremonies and churches and finery, he said they'll pass away. But the church becomes both dynamics and mechanics. And the spirit of God that moved him to do the things he did. If he hit on 16 cylinders, so will the bride. For he had said in John 14 that he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. And I give him a charge. Amen. I'll give him a charge of my dynamics in his mechanics. And the world will not be able to withstand it. And amen, look at that. Amen, God is going to put something in his word. Amen, that the devil, the world, the, the, the economy will not be able to withstand. It'll be a charge. See, it'll be a charge in the dynamics. Amen, the world will not be able to do it. I'll raise him up again in the last day. Now, Brother Adam, you've heard him teach on my Thanksgiving message. And you remember there in the visible unit right here in Shreveport. And he preaches it. And he comes down, he's preached pretty much the whole sermon. And then he stops and he says, now, but my, my message to you is that you never done it in the first place. He said, now that's the Thanksgiving message to you. Well, in the Easter message in Rising of the Sun, he's preached a, a long ways into it, and then he stops, and just like in that message, he says in the Easter message, and he said, that's my Easter's message, that the dynamics and the mechanics are together. Now, this is the message of the last day. This is the Easter message to the church. Amen. The mechanics and the dynamics are together. If you're still looking for the dynamics, you have missed the message. If you're still looking for the dynamics of God to come, you have missed the message of the hour. The mechanics, amen, have now become the dynamics by the spirit that is moving in them. Amen. Now listen, he said the mechanics without the dynamics is no good and neither is the dynamics without the mechanics. Amen. So he's telling you it'll take both. Amen. The word and the spirit. It'll take both of them, amen. You can scream and shout and jump up all down all you want to and deny this word and it won't do you any good. You're just cranking around on the pistons. There is no spark to fire, no gasoline to fire it by. It'll only work as it comes together. It will only do that, see, and the other one will go up. That's the only thing there is to it. They both, both look alike. They both claim to be churches. They both claim to be bride. But one has got mechanics and dynamics, and it brings it to pass of what is said is true. See, it won't just move, see, no matter how good the mechanics is until the dynamics comes, when the dynamics dynamics comes he says that's the fire that is made to connect with the gasoline when it explodes and causes combustion and moves every motion and every move he is the same yesterday today and forever that's the resurrection that's the real power of God that's the mechanics with the dynamics it's the spirit that quickens it's the spark that fires you see there's got to come something on the word that'll make it live amen I, I know as sitting here today watching this congregation throughout these meetings. I think it's a powerful thing to see. Of course, you see great moves in the, in the Pentecostal world. You see great emotional carrying on and things like that. But pick up the scripture one time and it'll become a very quiet place. Amen. Pick up a little bit of doctrine on predestination or the true spirit or the true baptism and everything will quieten way down. Amen. But that's not the case with the bride of Jesus Christ. They're just as carried away with the word of God as they are a good song because they're revived 
revival is not coming from the music. The revival is not coming, amen, from the church building. The revival is not coming from the atmosphere. The revival is coming from the word and the word is creating music and the word is creating revival and the word is creating churches and the word is creating buildings. Amen. We're not just another church. Amen. But this is the bride that is connected both the mechanics and the dynamics together in the last days. Amen. In the rise of the sun. It's a powerful sermon. Brother Branham says that all of a sudden the dynamics will come. And what did it do? It not only filled their spirit inside, but it quickened the mechanics. Their bodies were quickened. They were no more cowards. They went right up into the face of people and said, you men of Judea and you that dwell in Jerusalem, before the dynamics come, see, they were just mechanics. See, now watch what they do. You men that dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known and hearken to my words. These are not drunk as you suppose. I'm one of them. This is that. I'll show you what it is. It's the scripture. This is that. And I've always said, if this ain't that, let me keep this till that comes. Amen. No, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith the Lord, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now watch Brother Branham's interpretation of that scripture. I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The dynamics will come into the mechanics. Amen. Then then they wasn't afraid anymore. Amen, people, all the time you hear people preaching Joel chapter two. Amen, and the spirit we poured out and they keep saying, and when the dynamics comes, and when the dynamics comes, and when the dynamics comes, but according to William Branham, when Joel chapter two said, I'll pour out my spirit, he said, that's the dynamics that's coming into the mechanics. Amen, and I don't know about you, I'm not here today waiting for the dynamics to come. I am here to enjoy the benefits of the dynamics of God that is coming to the church of the living God in the last days. We are not here just passing time. We're not here just, amen, just getting together. We have come together to worship in the spirit of God. Amen. Until every situation of our lives are changed. Until everything drops away from us and we line up to the word of God. Thus saith the Lord, word by word, line by line, a word bride in the last days. Amen. Not just an emotional church. Amen pride full of the word of God. I know what I'm talking about. You have a good meeting and there's a there's a thousand Philistines out there to mark it to be just an emotional workup. Amen. After we have a good meeting, there'll be people all over the country criticizing. Well, just a bunch of emotion, just a bunch of this. Don't you let that devil water this down to an emotional time or just an emotional happening. There is more going on in the house of God than just a building of emotion and working. This is the preaching of the greatest revelation that has ever struck the face of the earth. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I propose to you he is not dead this morning. I propose to you he's not in Jerusalem this morning. He's right here in the house of God, filling the hearts of men and women of God. Don't you lift that devil, water this down, or put a bad reputation. Amen. And make it seem like something is wrong with it. Well, if there is something wrong with enjoying the spirit of God, amen, then let me be wrong. But there's something in my heart that says it's right. 
This is the way the first church acted. This is the way the real church acted. They got their hearts full of the Holy Ghost and they lost their fear of man. And they lost their fear of people, what they would have to say about it. I think it's high time that the spirit of grace take the fear out of your heart to worship God without dictation of man, without the ideas of man. I know what I'm talking about. You can get the devil cast out of you. You can enjoy this weekend. And before Monday morning, the devil will come along and tell you, you just got emotion. You just had an emotional workup. That's a lying devil. And all he's done to come and to steal and to kill and destroy. You know what he's coming to do? He's coming to take away that experience you played your whole life to have. Amen. And if he can convince you that that's not a real experience, it done no good to get it. Amen. But if God ever gives a man an experience and he knows it comes from God, it doesn't make any difference what the devil says or what a thousand Philistines have to say. I know in whom I believed. I know the God that I serve is a real God. Oh, yes, sir. I read about Shamgar in the Bible. I love the Bible. Just a short verse, but a prophet can bring a lot out of it. He said, 1,600 Philistines. He said, come to get. Amen. Shamgar's uh, uh, harvest, didn't he? You know what Brother Ram said? He said he'd come back to tell him it was just emotion. That's what them Philistines did. Come back and just tell you to take the experience that God gave you. Now, if you let him do it, it don't matter how many services you're in. It don't matter how many times God blesses you and fills you and gives you anointing until you're ready to receive what is happening to you. Until you're ready to accept it and confess it as such as God has given in this age. I have no hesitation in telling you what I have received. Amen. comes from Joel the second chapter. It comes from Acts, the second chapter. It comes from Romans, the eighth chapter. I am anointed of the Lord to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I didn't accept some emotional spirit. I received the spirit of Jesus Christ that raised us the dead. He raised me out of a dead, dark, denominational world and filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I ain't giving it back. And I ain't let no devil take it away from me. No, sir. I may not be educated, but I got a weapon. I got the weapon of the Spirit. The sword of the Lord is the weapons of our warfare. And they may not be carnal, but they're very mighty. Preacher, what are you saying? I think it's time to pick something up and beat that devil off of you. I said something in the beat here the other day up in northern Arkansas. I was preaching, kind of come along this experience thing. I, I, you, you can see demons just move throughout the earth. I was talking to this brother about experience. I was preaching about it, actually. And I was preaching about this very point. Little Shangar took his ox nod run that devil off of the experience that said it was emotion. And when I said that, there was a look coming in this man's eye. He's probably a 60-year-old man sitting there. Been out of church for years, just come back recently. And he's sitting there and I seen a real strange expression come in his face. 
And like a release of something, big tears started crying. He said, most of, he don't hardly move at all. He just sets and watches you. And that's okay. As long as you're receiving something. Amen. He was sitting there. And when, and when that was finished, after the service, he met me out front. He said, Brother Wayne, I got something to tell you. I said, you do? He said, yeah. He said, years ago, I was in a tent meeting up in Hardy, Arkansas. And said the spirit of God came and the atmosphere was powerful. And God gave me something. He gave me an experience. I, I literally was in an experience with the Holy Ghost and power. He said, I come back to the church. He said, and somebody said to me, all oh, them things happen to people all the time. And they go off to the side. They lose their mind. And he said, you know what? I let somebody tell me that it was just a fanatical happening. Now, I want you all to hear me. That happened in the 1970s. And in the year 220, I'm preaching to this man. It's years, 50 years later. And in the moment he realizes that really was an experience with God, he went right back to it. Amen. And he remembered then, God's always kept his word. He just didn't believe what God was doing for him. And I don't know if you're recognizing really what is happening, really what is taking place. It's not just another good meeting. It's the dynamics of the power of God that is prophesied in the scriptures in the last days. I shall pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. I shall restore. Some of you, God's done wonderful things for you, but you let an old devil take it away from you. You let the devil tell you it wasn't real and it was emotional and it was this or it was that. That was the devil lying. But if you reach back into your memory and get a hold of that experience, it was real. It really was real. And it'll become a reality. You know what I'm talking about. God can do a miracle, but you've got to be willing to accept it. God can heal you, but you've got to be willing to accept it. He can see in the greatest revival the world has ever saw, but you've got to accept it. Oh, yeah. It's real. It's a real dynamics. It's a real power. Amen. And it's promised for this last day. You said, Brother Wayne, if the dynamics is here, amen, if the dynamics is here, tell me, tell me about it. Well, let me tell you what Brother Brown says. He said, mechanics don't run a church. It's the dynamics. The Holy Ghost gets into the Word. So it's not a seminary that teaches you theology and Greek interpretations. It's the dynamics of the Holy Ghost in there. To set a fire and to bring it to pass. Now, now I love the balance of the Scripture and the quotes. And some people will take that and they'll run off to the other side and say, you don't need no word. And if I was the devil, that's what I'd say. Because he's going to get his whipping on that word if God's in it. But if God ain't in it, the Bible said the letter killeth. But the spirit gives it life. So I appreciate the men of God that take time to go into the scripture and bring out the powerful points. Amen. And to bring out the Greek and show what it is. Amen. As long as the Spirit's in it, it'll have a power and anointing upon the church. It'll feed your soul. Now the dynamics of the Holy Ghost is in there to set a fire and to bring it to pass and to make it live. Just exactly what the promised word is for this hour. 
Not the mechanics. The dynamics is it. It takes mechanics and dynamics. The word and the spirit are there. The one that gives it life. That's what gives it life. Now you said, preacher, where is that dynamics at then? Brother Ram says it like this. He says, if the spirit that raised him from the dead, the word. He said, the dynamic of the word dwells in you. It will quicken your mortal body. Say, my mortal body. My mortal, that one you fight with, that troubled one. That evil one that's on the outside. Don't see, taste, feel, smell, and hear those senses that you fight on a daily basis. Come on, they won't be converted till you get a body change. So it's a mortal body. Are you hearing me? It's a mortal body. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a complete war with that outside man. But look what he says here. Hey Amen. If the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it'll quicken that body. Now the flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone because quickly you were yet mortal sinners ready to die, but it quickens that body. What does it do? It brings life. The spirit that once drank and run around and commit adultery, it's all quickened. Why? The thing died. And you are resurrected. It quickens your mortal body. This dynamic spirit moved you from a mortal to immortal creature right now. Immortality does not begin when you die. Immortality begins when the dynamics of God comes into your life. Come on, church. You're a millionaire trapped in an old racket body. You're a son of God trapped into a body of sin that gives you a war. But on the inside of that body is a son of God that was coming from God before the world's ever began. Therefore, your body, therefore, your body, say my body. Therefore, your body, this thing you're warring in, this thing you're living in, he said, is the temple of the dynamics. Where's God going to have church? Know ye not that ye are the temples, not, not mortar and brick, flesh and blood. Amen, not, amen, not an immortal body, a mortal body. God's word is so powerful. It doesn't matter where you put it, it'll take over. You can put it in a drunkard's life, it'll take over. You can put it in a smoker's life, it'll take over because there's a seed on the inside that is the conqueror of the earth. And once Christ comes into the heart, he'll take over step by step. Peace by peace. You become the dynamics. You become the temple of his dynamics. I, I tell you, that's worth a sermon by itself, isn't it? The temple of his dynamics. That's where church really happens. That's where things are really going on. Amen. In that temple of dynamics. Because from the beginning, you are a part of the mechanics. Oh, Listen to the prophet. From the beginning, you are a part of the mechanics. What's he saying? You were an attribute. He's saying in the beginning, you were the word. You are a part of the father, but it laid in you dormant. Amen. And you see, as long as that seed lays dormant, there's no power in that life. Amen. But when the dynamics comes upon it, he moves you into a temple of dynamic power. You become a powerhouse. 
Brother Brown said, I didn't come to build denominations. I come to build powerhouses. You see what this message has come to do? It's come to make a powerhouse out of you. You're not here in Laodicea to be under the elements of this life and this world. God come to bring and make a powerhouse out of your life, an overcomer of the life that you're living in. It's a temple of the dynamics. These bodies right now. Oh, there's your resurrection. It's the church and the resurrection with him. These bodies right now, can you say it right now? Are quickened. They are quickened. Right now, you heard, you believe it, you're changed from denomination to the word. Already quickened. Amen. You say, well, how can I identify the dynamics in my life? Brother Brown said the dynamics of the church will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost. It'll be a refilling of the Holy Ghost. He said, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Acts, the second chapter. I'm talking about 120 men who was in the upper room, who had mechanics in their life, who was gene seeds of God before the world began. But, but Peter was running and cussing he didn't have it. He had a fear in his heart to tell him what had happened to his life. But that morning, they waited about 10 days and a spirit of unification come among them until they unified on the promise of God. They took the promise. Amen. That if you will tarry in Jerusalem, the promise of my father will come upon you, which was Isaiah the 28th chapter with stammering lips and other tongues. When I send unto my people, a refreshing shall come unto you. And Peter knew that was the scripture. And James knew and John knew and Jesus had identified what they were waiting on. 10 days they were waiting. Unifying, 10 days on one scripture. I bet by then they got all the nonsense out of the building. 10 days, amen, unified on one promise. They didn't come to be seen. They didn't come to be heard. They didn't come, amen, to exercise their abilities. They come for a promise of God in their life. And God had made a promise and he was there to fulfill a promise upon their life. 10 days into it, the Bible said when the day of Pentecost had fully come. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now y'all know that was a, y'all know that was a tradition down there in Jerusalem. And there was a bunch of Pentecostals out there in the streets. Amen. That's what they were all doing there that morning. They were all in the streets, but those 120 were in an upper room. They were actually not the Pentecostals. They were the church of the firstborn and the Pentecostals were the traditionals of that time. But when the pillar of fire came in the room, it was a fulfillment of the promise of God and the dynamics of the spirit came into their lives. Now let me tell you what it done. It quickened them. It quickened their lives. It didn't just come in and tingle them a little bit. It quickened their mortal bodies. Amen. Brother Brown said it so quickened them. It quickened their language. I know people can't hardly stand the idea of speaking in tongues anymore. I don't know what Bible you're reading. I don't know what I don't know what book of Acts you've been reading lately, but I think it was three out of five times that somebody received the Holy Ghost, they actually did speak in tongues. And we're not going to Pentecostal doctrine. I know there's some critics out there that'll clip that and make it say whatever they want it to say, but there's a reality to these things, friend. God didn't die. Amen. We are a continuation of the book of Acts. And whatever they did there, they ought to do in the house of God. There should be a revival. Why 
are people so messed up with somebody having a gift? Why do they get so cranked away somebody having a gift? They would hate the book of Acts. The book of Acts men were not afraid of the gifts that God put in their lives. They used those gifts. Come on, you keep letting them do it and they won't have one gift left. They've already took out the tongues. They took out the prophecy. They took out the vision. They took out the spirit of knowledge and wisdom. They took it all out. Now they're after your preachers. You sit still long enough and there won't even be a gift of a preacher in the pulpit no more. Amen, but I think it's high time that we lose our fear of these bunch of devils that's come against the church of the living God. Pick up your oxnod. Pick up your Bible and fight back for the grace of God for your children, for your children's children, for your churches, for the bride of Christ. If there ever was an hour to rise up and put a voice against the devil, this is your hour, bride. I can't help it. I'm an American. I'm an American. I was there with Patrick Henry when he gave the speech. I was there. Brother Bam said I was. You know what he told him? He said, don't wait till we don't have no guns left. Don't wait till there's an Englishman in every house. Don't wait until we're to a place that we cannot defend ourselves to decide to get some liberty here. So you know what they told Patrick? We'll make a deal with the devil. He said, how's that worked out for you so far? Everything you give up, they took more. Let me tell you this. You'll never work out a deal with the devil. You give him an inch of ground, and he'll want a mile tomorrow. And if you think you're going to get peace out of giving up something, you're sad. The devil has fooled you to think if you'll lay down, peace will come in the church. Peace is not going to come as long as there's a devil alive. But I think the church of the living God has got an authority and a right today to tell that devil, get back in your place, Satan. There's a bloodline. It's the word of God. And we'll not back up. And we'll not let it go. Give me liberty or give me death. Give me liberty. Give me liberty to preach the word of God. To see the dynamics come. This is not just another message. This is the message of our king. That's exactly what happened when Jesus come up out of the resurrection and come back into the Father's throne. He was carrying a vindicated word of resurrection. He was the king's message. Uh, Brother Brown tells us a powerful story about that. David Livingstone over in Africa. Y'all remember that? He was a missionary and he wanted to bring something to them Africans but there was always something in the way. Those tribes, there was so much fighting in the tribes. Amen, that if he seemed identified with one or the other, he'd get killed before he could ever get the message preached. That same devil's living today. Sure, you use a good quote on the thunders, they say, thunders. That ain't nothing but a scarecrow to keep one of the most powerful sermons you ever heard from your ears. See, all these tribes. But you know what David Livingstone did? He wanted to deliver a message to those people. So he went to the tribe leader, to the chief, 
and he made a deal with him. And, and he told him, he said, we'll exchange something, we'll become blood brothers. And remember, the tribe chief asked for something. Amen. And David gave of him. And when the chief of the tribe said, but what do you have, David? He said, I'll tell you what, I'll take, I'll take your spear. Because that was a, I believe it was a spear. Amen. It was a tribal ceremony spear that all the tribes in the area knew belonged to that king. So he said, I'll take that. And the prophet of God explains it. He said, what his, what his thoughts was is it seemed like he could have greater things. But he knew that that would be life to him. See, see, I'm paraphrasing, but that would be life to him. In other words, if he had that spear, whenever he come toward a tribe and they started running at him, all he had to do was hold up that spear and they would have to back away. Now, they were fierce tribes. They could devour a man in a minute, skin him out. They were fierce tribes. Them tribes wasn't tame. Them tribes wasn't calm or, amen, they wasn't full of fear. But what he had in his hand was greater than what was in them tribes. And all he had to do was hold it up and they would recognize he's got the king's message. He's representing somebody greater than him. Are you hearing me? And today God has put a message in our hands. Amen, that here we are. Amen, in Satan's Eden. And the devil's like a roaring lion. He ain't lost none of his power. He's as powerful as he ever was. But God has put something in your hand. He's put something in your hand that Satan has to bow every time he hears the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe today God put something in that hand. It's the dynamics of the church. And the dynamics is the Holy Spirit. Case settled. Dynamics is the Holy Spirit. Direct quote. Case settled. Hey, it's this. It's that. It's this. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God coming into his church. Filling them in the form of the bride of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to read something familiar to you because I want to get a point out of it. And I don't, it's not so much just to stay there. I want to get a point there. Now remember this. That Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. Let's let that pause. Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. Look at what he says. But the book of Acts, the book of Revelation will show how that the Antichrist spirit will come into the church and defile it, making it lukewarm, formal, and powerless. Can you imagine the temple of God's dynamics powerless? Can you imagine the bride of all the ages powerless you said preacher can it happen you take the dynamics of it and you're powerless see but the book of revelation shows that how he would try to defile it make it lukewarm form and powerless it exposes Satan the revealing of his works the attempted destruction of God's people and the discrediting of God's word Right down to the time he is cast in the lake of fire, he fights that. <laughs> he cannot stand it. He knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church. Now watch the true revelation of the true church. He just told you. 
He said, remember the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. If you accept what the prophet said on that, then the true church, the book of Acts, amen, she'll find out what she is then. Let me, let me just say this, and without time to preach these things, I just want to make a statement here. What she is is pretty powerful. What she is, if you look back in the scripture, she's all that that God thought of in the back part of his mind. <laughs> Come on, you think of Esther as powerful? You're greater than Esther. You think of Rahab as powerful? You're greater than Rahab. You think of Sheba as powerful? You're greater than Sheba. They were your type. You're not theirs. They were yours. Amen. They made a type of what was coming in the last days of what God was going to do. Amen. What she is is a powerful thing, but what she stands for is a greater power. I'll tell you this. Amen. I, I have come to the place, amen, where I have decided that I am going to fight for what I stand for. What I stand for. I do not have the time to run down every false doctrine that comes up in the world today. There's thousands of them. There's thousands of doctrines. There's thousands of ways. Amen. But there is something we can stand for. And what we can stand for is the message of the hour, the way the prophet preached it. Come on, church. You cannot separate this Bible and that message and never come up with the truth. What William Branham was preaching was not something outside the Bible. I get so tired of those dumb questions. Amen. Would you take the Bible? Would you take the message? What a dumb question. What a dumb question. Like Brother Branham was preaching something different than the Bible. He was only explaining what he was reading so it could be broken to revelation to give you an authority concerning the scripture you're reading. People run around with these foolish questions. It's only to trip you up. Amen. But you got to know what you stand for and you're going to fall for anything. I tell you what I stand for is this word of God without fear or without failure. I stand for the baptism of the Holy Ghost as the dynamics in the church. The same one that fell in the book of Acts has returned again. Amen. As a refilling in the last days. I stand for a church that is full of worship. I stand for a church with the power of God that sweep into the building and there's somebody alive enough to know that it's happening. Amen. Let somebody know that Jesus is passing by this way this morning. I stand. I stand for creation by the word of God. I stand that the word of God spoken can change alcohol. It can change tobacco problems. It can change less problems. I believe that the power of God can change lives and hearts as it's spoken in power. I stand that the idea that one service can change your entire life. That's why I stand for the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just some reading, not just some tape playing, but let the anointing of God get a hold of his word and fix things. We don't know how to fix. There's situations in lives, people have stuck down, maybe they got offices, they got something going on, they can't tell nobody. Amen, but you can't hide it from God. 
You might hide it from a man. You can't hide it from God. And God will discern that thing while a man's preaching and supernatural words will come out of his mouth. And the power of God will use them. He might not ever know your name. He might not ever know it's you. But God has his way just the same. And things are exposed in lives by the preaching of the gospel. Have we forgot that it's written? Amen. By the foolishness of preaching that men might be saved. I still believe in letting the power of the Holy Ghost take a hold of lives and change them. I still believe in altar calls. I still believe in people praying their way through spirits until they break out into a dimension of life and truth. I stand for it. I stand for prayer lines where people's amen standing there and you put your hands on them. So preacher, why in the world you want a prayer line in this age? I was just listening 1964 last night and a prophet standing there with a woman took his wristwatch off, laid his hand on the lady and he starts praying for her. He said, now I'm gonna pray, you watch my hand. He said, now look, when I lay my hand on you, see the vibrations? He said, that vibrations is a live ulcer in your body. He said, now you watch my hand while I pray. And while the prophet's hand was on the woman, he began to pray. And she looked up and she said, it's gone. He said, he said now I'm going to take my hand off. I'm going to give it to you again. And she said, it's gone. He said, do you see by the sign in the hand I could pronounce to you it's gone? Do you think that that God that did that is somewhere off in another dimension or another planet? But that God is right here in this building this morning. For in my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall heal the sick. James 5 and 14 said, if there be any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil. And if they be any sins, let them confess them and they will be forgiven and their bodies will be healed. So Brother Wayne, I'm scared of that stuff. Well, Peter was too. When Peter was on the water and Jesus was standing out there, he was afraid of what that was. He didn't know, what is it? If it was God, I'd go to it. But you know what? In a little while, a voice spoke out of the darkness and said, it is I. Be not afraid. You know what that voice said to Peter? He said, come on. If you want to walk on the water, come on. If you want to walk in the impossible, come on. Amen. You said, well, that's amazing. Do you know that Brother Branham compared that with exactly James 5? He said it was the word that told Peter to walk on that water and it was the word that told you to lay your hands on the sick. Now, I'm not here to look at the circumstances. I'm not here to look at the trouble. I am here to fulfill the commission of the word of God and God is here to back up the plan that he made for every individual in this building. I tell you what I stand for, I stand for preaching truth. Don't matter who it peels, don't matter what happens, I believe and stand for the idea of preaching truth because it's the truth that'll set you free. So Brother Wayne, why are you doing this? Because Brother Branham said if you would do this and you'd find out who you are and you'd find out what you stand for, that you would find that you can do the greater works. Oh, somebody get that devil and set him back up. I think he just passed out. Brother Wayne, John 14, 12, that's just for the prophet. What lying devil done told you that? The Bible said, he that believeth. Have I read my Bible wrong? 
but he that believeth on me the works that I do shall ye do also and greater works than this shall ye do for I go unto my father let me put it like this Jesus Christ is sitting in power this morning and he is our husband and the spirit of him is in the earth his body's there his spirit is here and now we are his body on the earth now what can he do now what part of the gospel can he not perform being that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, the dynamics of God? Are you going to limit God just because where he is? Are you going to limit God just because he's here in the church? I'm not going to do it. I'm going to take the limits off. I'm going to tell you that this bride has an unlimited resource of the power of God. Oh, if she'll recognize this, he said, Brother Wayne, greater works. That's scary stuff, man. Well, let me just break into that greater works a minute. Anybody ever heard of a greater meaning of greater works? Brother Brown teaches it. He actually tells us that when Jesus prophesied that over his own disciples, that was only one of him. And he knew the gospel would go in the world. So for years, the translation of that scripture meant that would be more. There would be more people doing it so it would be a greater work being done. So people all over the world, you don't think he didn't know, do you? You don't think he didn't know we'd be preaching this in the Western civilization, amen, 2,000 years later, and he was saying, the works that I do shall you do, and greater works shall you do. Do you see, because he did them, amen, we see his works, therefore we do what he did. Now notice it's a greater work, right? It's more. How many knows the next stage Brother Bram took that to? And he said what happened was, he said Jesus when he was here was not preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said so when he said greater works, he was saying they would preach something greater than he did. Preach something greater than Jesus, that's what he said. He said Jesus was not preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said but the disciples were commissioned to do it and by doing so they would impart eternal life. Come on, church. The preaching, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not some some politics or some Pentecostal dogma. It's the way of life. It's how God comes into his church. He was saying, Brother Wayne, I don't believe we can impart life. I don't know who can or who can't, but I know what Brother Branham said. He said a son of God can. A son of God can do it because he has something in him to project the dynamics that's on the inside. Let me take you to the, let me take you to the day of Pentecost. Amen. For the first time. Amen. In 2,000, 4,000 years when a man was back in authority with God, Apostle Peter standing there with the Holy Ghost. Amen. They asked him, what can we do to be saved? He said, repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Ghost. And when he said that, 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom of God. How did they get in the kingdom of eternal life? Because Peter preached the message. He preached truth unto them. Amen. You say, why? I don't understand. Well, let's go to the Gentiles' house then. In the book of Acts, when Peter came to the house of Cornelius, an angel had been down there talking with Cornelius. An angel had been discussing Cornelius, we have seen your alms. We have heard your prayers. Amen. But you need to ask Peter to come down here and to tell you what's going on. 
Brother Brown said, why, if an angel was standing there, did Peter have to go down there? He said, because life was in the body. Because life was in that man. The life, amen, the germ of God would be spoken through the words of a man anointed with the Holy Ghost. And while Peter yet spake unto Cornelius' house, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. We are a continuation of the book of Acts. And I believe right here this morning, there may be people that come to this meeting looking for the Holy Ghost. And they're wondering how to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. But the Bible said, while he yet spake. I believe there's people sitting here right now that you don't have to wait 10 days. You don't have to wait 10 minutes. I believe while the Bible is being preached, there's a power coming out of this place that the Holy Ghost... Come on, you feel the charge of it in the building? Go ahead and receive it. You feel the power of it? Go ahead and receive it. You don't have to wait another day or another hour. You don't have to wait until a prayer line or somebody to lay their hands. Amen. Christ is here. The dynamics of God. Uh, greater works. Come on, there's one more greater meaning to that. A prophet of God said very clearly that that greater works was a spoken word. Shalom, 1964, said that Jesus took bread and multiplied, took fish and multiplied. He said, but when Moses throwed up the dirt, it multiplied. He said, but when I was out there in the woods the other day, I was out there in the woods the other day, he said, there wasn't no squirrel there. There wasn't nothing there. But the angel told me about Mark 11 chapter. Why didn't the angel create that squirrel? Why didn't the angel do the creating? Because it had come back into the body of Jesus Christ, the very God, the very creator of heaven and earth that stood and created the first squirrel was actually being moved into the dynamic power in a mortal man, a man born of a woman, a man with mistakes, a man with sin, but a man who had been baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire had been cleaned up and had become a tabernacle of the deity of God and he could speak the word let there be and there was Pump shocks people when you call it a tabernacle of deity them deity people run wild with that didn't they well let me tell you it's the truth if you place it right you say preacher what are you saying I'm saying this is not the prophecy I will be with you this is not Emmanuel God did not make a promise in this age, I'll be with you. He added something to it and said, I'll be with you, even in you. He was, he was with a prophet and the prophet was with us. But if that's as far as it goes, you ain't arrived yet. You need another step in the grace of God until the dynamics of God comes into your life with power and authority. Deity's not in heaven, it's in the church of the living God that has been baptized. Hallelujah! Let every devil out of hell say it ain't so. We are right now the sons of God. I know they think I'm crazy, it's all right. Hey man, I feel pretty good the way I feel. But by the way, we'll be sons. We'll be sons over when we get our body changed. True enough. True enough. Fullness of doctrines to change the body. I can go there with you. 
But what about First John the third chapter? We are now the sons. What about Ephesians chapter one? We have been lifted up in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Come on, church. You don't think that was every age doing that now, do you? So Brother Wayne, what do you mean? I mean Jesus was asked the question. Can my sons sit at your left hand and your right hand? He said, no. It's not even my position to give. For my Father in heaven has already assigned it to somebody else. And Brother Bram said those somebodies were the overcomers of the Laodicean age. There is a place that you have been put in in this hour. You have been made an astronaut of God. You've been made an eagle of God. Somebody that can believe every word. Somebody that can fly higher than any other age. You can fly into a realm. Come on, folks. We're not being filled with the Holy Ghost to go back into the ages. You're being filled with the Holy Ghost for the changing of your bodies. Tell me I'm wrong. The latter glory will be greater than the former glory. You know, it's, you know where that comes from. When they were leaving Babylon, amen, under the, when Babylon switched from Babylon to Persia and they were leaving, the Bible said the handwriting come on the wall and only Daniel could read it. And when the mystery was revealed, it was judgment to Babylon and the death of their leader. But it had another message to those Israelites. It had another message to them saints. It meant the years of their captivity was ended. It meant they were being loosed to return to the worship of Jerusalem. Come on. They were going to go back and worship under the revelation of who they were born to be as Abraham's seed. And so has this Babylonian age, this spiritual age. There has been a handwriting on the wall of judgment that's come against it. But it has a different message to the bride. You know what it means to the bride? It means their day of reign is over. The devil has done all he can do. Amen. To the bride of Jesus Christ, God has lifted this church above reason and doubt and fear and unbelief and has took us back to the original church in the beginning, full of dynamic power, full of the promises of God. Somebody said, well, if you, were, if, you wasn't so, if you wasn't so empty, you wouldn't be so loud. Well, I tell you, there's a bride today full. They're so full of dynamic power. You're hearing sounds of freedom. You're hearing sounds of grace. You're hearing sounds of authority. You're hearing sounds of breakthrough. I am tired of those fundamental formal devils coming against the church of the living God. I say we ought to release our faith and release the grace of God. Satan will be powerless before her. She will be, she will be an invincible army if they get the true revelation of those two spirits. These are two spirits. Brother Bram said that spirit was an antichrist spirit, which is a religious spirit. It was a religious spirit crucified him the first time. What do you think it is crucifying this Holy Ghost today? His crucifixion is not coming from a cross. It's coming from pulpits. Crucifying him. But the day they do it, they are no longer an effective place of worship. 
the spirit of God moves on. Amen. But wherever there are people who will assemble under the power of the blood, there is a God that will meet them in that place of worship. It's an invincible army. That's what they are, indestructible. They can't be beat. Invincible means it, it's, not, it's not within their capability of being beat. I know people don't understand us. I know they don't understand how we're still here. But there's nothing in my genetic makeup that says quit. I've got the ignore button. I've got the I won't listen to you button. I've got the I don't want to hear what you got to say button. But I don't have the quit button. It was not designed in me. Because before I quit, I will change. Before I quit, I've got to have a change in my body. Don't quit. Not in these people, not in this church, not in this bride. You see what they'll be able to do? They'll be able to withstand. I love this. Withstand means to resist. It actually means to put up a fight. They'll put a fight up with this thing. They won't just let the devil come and rob them of everything God gave them. They'll put up a fight. They'll see it's a religious spirit. And they'll put a fight up against it. Now, how do you fight that thing? Well, Brandon said, well, just do opposite. If you think somebody's mad, buy them something. If you've got a complex, do the opposite. The hair off the dog's back is good for the bite. That's hillbilly, ain't it? The bad thing is, I flat understood what he meant. Didn't need no one translation for that one for me. I'd been dog bit, and I knew the only thing that helped was a dog hair off its back. He said, Preacher, what are you really saying? I'm saying that she's invincible. I'm standing for the fact that she is invincible. I'm saying in Matthew 24 that the deception will be so great in the last days it would deceive the elect. If, if possible. But according to this message, it ain't possible. So you know what you tell the devil? Say, go on. Listen, I'm not going to listen to his nonsense. I don't have time to fight with the devil. I don't have time. We've got to preach a message. We've got to get people saved. We've got to get our lives full of the grace of God so we can change our bodies. Now, this church will stand, will stand. It will resist. And Satan will be powerless. Satan will be powerless before her. I'm running out of time for him running out of message. Satan will be powerless before her. Now I think I think Brother Brother Reagan done as good a job last night as I've ever heard someone describing the power of Satan in Laodicea. That was good, man. Sorry. It was powerful. And what he explained to us all very carefully was Satan hasn't lost his power. Don't you think for a moment you're a match for that devil. Don't you take this quote and run out there and say, I'm going to whip the devil. No, you ain't. You're going to get the whipping of your life. I can point to you, amen, hundreds of wrecks of people that was that arrogant. 
I can point you to tons of people that thought that very thing. Amen, but it says Satan will be powerless before her. It doesn't mean he's powerless. It means he's powerless before her. You say, how is he powerless before her? Listen, there's a secret laying. Brother Bram says it right here, but as he was talking last night, that line, if you go back to the book of Daniel, when they told Daniel, if you don't quit praying and worshiping, if you don't quit worshiping your God and worship our God of Babylon, we're gonna put you in a den of lions. You know what he did? He opened up the windows and said, if you don't like that, won't you watch this? I'm not gonna hide my worship from no devil. I'm not gonna hide who I am. I am an Acts 238 tongue talking baby full of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My heart has been filled with resurrection and power. The dynamics of the word of God has come into my life. I'm not gonna shut the curtains and dance behind some, some, some screen. Hey man, I know you, you think, you think worshiping on screen's one for you. Well, it's going all over the world right now. And all I can say is I hope you like it. Cause if you don't like that, why don't you watch this? You will not take my praise. You will not take my shout. You will not take my joy. It's all I have. It's all I got. It's my joy, my praise, the power of this word. You can have Laodicea. You can have your bars and your dances and your drugs. Give me Jesus. Give me the power of God. Oh, you don't know like I know. I'm not gonna pull the curtains. I'm gonna hide who I am. It's who you are that makes you invincible. Well, you're different. Well, thank God you're different. Thank God you're a different person. So Brother Wayne, what's the revelation now? I'll tell you what it was. Daniel didn't hide it. And they said, just because you wouldn't bow to us, we're gonna throw you in a den of lions. A lot of different lions den, den of lions. Had lions in it, you know. And the king couldn't deliver him, could he? He actually told Daniel, I can't get you out of this, Daniel, but the God you serve, the God you serve, he'll deliver thee. And the doctors might not be able to. The doctors might not be able to, but the God you serve, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, he is more than able to deliver thee. And I'll not pull the curtains. I believe it. I believe he's a God over cancer. I believe he's a God over every disease. I believe he's a God and has a dominion over every devil and every power in the pits of hell. I'm not serving a weak God. I'm not serving the Laodicean God. I am serving the God of all the heavens. Jehovah is his name and he is the God of all miracles. The Bible records they threw Daniel in that den. And the king didn't sleep all night long. He didn't sleep all night long. He was worried about what's going on down there with Daniel. And all the while, Daniel was sleeping like a baby. My Lord, can you imagine Daniel in the lion's den? 
with them den of lions all swirling around him. Brother Bram said when he stepped down there, he backed up in the corner and all of a sudden he felt a tingling over his flesh. I guarantee you'll welcome the dynamics in that point. I guarantee if it's a sensation, if it was an eye cry, if it was tongues, if it was a vision, anything God wanted to do at that moment, you'd be saying, come on, Lord. Come on in here. The lions are here. As a roaring lion, he's here to destroy you. And the only hope you got is that the angel of David and the angel of Daniel would come in the house of God. I don't care if it makes me dance or vibrate or whatever it does. Just come tame the lions. Look, look what happened in there. Brother Bram said his flesh started tingling. He said the lions started backing up. He said he felt something warm. He turned around and looked and he said they're hung that light. They're hung that light, that pillar of fire. Daniel, Daniel brought the millennium to Babylon. It wasn't the millennium, but he can lay down with the lions. Look at this. Put his head on one line, put his feet on another. Another one snuggled up behind his back until he got real good and cushioned. If you knew who you are, if you only understood what it is that's around you right now, King come the next morning. He was worried. Daniel, Daniel, do you live, Daniel? I imagine Daniel just held up for a few minutes. Let him sweat. Finally, he said, "Oh, King, live forever." I prayed. Remember that thing they didn't want him to do. Remember that thing they said didn't matter. Remember the thing that he wouldn't shut off out of his life? I prayed. And the anointing came. The angel came. And he delivered me. I took that all the way through the Bible the other day. I won't do it to you tonight. Amen. This morning. But I can say with authority, that was the angel that crossed the Red Sea. That was the one that took down the walls of Jericho. was right there with Daniel. And he was able to do it. Now, you would hear that story and you might say to yourselves, well, them were just tame kittens. The lions lost their power. That's the reason they didn't eat Daniel. Oh, but keep reading the next verse. It said that the king took Daniel's accusers. You don't believe in prayer? Here you go. You don't believe in no Holy Ghost? Here you go. You don't believe in dancing in the spirit? Here you go. The Bible said, before they hit the ground, the lions had already consumed them and had broke their bones. Let me tell you, that lion's got a lot of power, but the Holy Ghost is the power of God unto salvation, unto authority. God always does it. You might as well put the devil on warning tonight. Put him on warning this morning. Say to him, Satan, you might have tried to feed me to a lion, but my God is going to feed you to the very lion you tried to feed me to. 
Have I got a Haman in the building? Have I got a Mordecai in the building? Haman, let me tell you something. You keep planning to destroy Mordecai, but you'll hang on your own gallows. Call David up and ask him, what happened to Goliath? I cut his head off with his own sword. No, cancer's not powerless, but there's an angel here. Sickness is not powerless, but there's an angel here. Demons have power, but there's an angel here. The dynamics is here. That's what you're seeing. Brother Wayne, I've been wondering, I've been here, maybe some people just here for the first time, getting among this kind of worship and power, and they're saying, I wonder what all this is. I'll tell you what this is. This is that. Your whole life wondered what that is. This is that. You like that when it's in the Bible. But how do you like this? I love it, brother. What is it? It's the, it's the revival of the bride. We've been saying it's coming for years. But here it is. Don't miss it. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss the greatest days of your life. This thing might stop tomorrow. They may shut our churches down before next week. This may be the last opportunity you ever had to really worship and praise God with other believers, to sing your songs, to worship your, and throw your hands up and rejoice in God. Amen. This may be your last opportunity to do so. Don't miss it. Don't let some devil talk you out of it. Some tradition somewhere stamper your from worshiping God. Brother Wayne, I don't know if we'll go to heaven acting like this. What do you think we're going to do in heaven? We're not going to sit around and read the Bible in heaven. Jesus is going to be there. I believe, I believe right now, today, I believe this very hour, I believe there's the angels of God is in this building. I believe that. I believe the Holy Ghost himself is in this building. I believe that's the effects that it's having. It's not emotional. Something causes emotion. Something's behind the emotion. And it's the word of the Lord. Stimulating. I, I, I got a, 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 a thousand scriptures sitting over here. At least 500. It'll say the very same. It changes things. Right here this morning. While we're, while we're here. And we're inviting. We've opened the curtains. Let the world see. I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed to preach it. I'm not ashamed to quote it. I'm not ashamed to stand for it. 
Says, I'll probably give my life for it one day. But that's all right with me. At least I gave my life for something that was good. I don't want to open up my life, but I'm the oldest boy out of four. None of them lived to be over 31 years old. If I didn't live to be 50, it'd be all right with me, but at least I gave my life to something. Something I gave my life to. You got that opportunity right here this morning. You get to give your life. Now there's a there's an enemy spirit that our brother Ron has been fighting for months. The miracle standing right here. We're, we're, we are not we are not going to let that go by by saying it's an accident or coincidence or it's just he wasn't that sick. It's like saying them lines wasn't that bad. Well, it wasn't that bad because the angel was there. That cancer is mean. It's attacking his, his life to, to take it prematurely. But I believe we need Ron Spencer. I believe we need him. We're fighting a battle. And he's one of the generals in this battle. But this morning, as a, as a group, you, you, we, I know we've prayed. Daniel prayed three times a day. But while we're here this morning, I know it's, it's not possible for every one of you to lay your hands on our brother. I know that. He's not even allowed to shake hands with you. And I know every one of you in this building feel the way I do. You'd like to gather around him and put your hands on him and rebuke that devil. I, 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 this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to exercise your authority as the greatest force on the face of the earth. I'm going to ask you right now, Drop every difference you have with one another. I'm going to ask you as a family, if you're sitting here and there's a little squirmish going on in your home, I'm going to ask you right now, drop it. Let it out of your heart. Say, Lord, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm letting it go right now. If there's been a little bitterness in your life towards someone, you've been hurt and afflicted, You've been carrying that thing and it's on your mind all the time. I'm, I'm compelling you right now. Drop it. Let it go. These little doctrinal differences, the feelings, little issues, drop it right now. Just let it go. And when you let that go, I'm going to ask you if, you if you will afford me this. I'm going to ask you as a congregation if you agree with me that you're willing to let go of anything in your life. You're willing to let it go. 
Would you raise your hand with me like this and say, Brother Wayne, I'm going to let it go this morning. I'm going to turn it loose. Now, you promised me you're not going to come pick it back up. You're going to leave it laying right here this morning. Now, with that hand, I'm going to use the authority of the scripture. A prophet said there was an eternal light inside your body. When you were born again, it went from a cosmic to an eternal light. He said, so when a believer puts his hand on someone, there is a light that leaves his body and goes into the other. Now I'm going to ask you now as a believer to put your hand upon one another. According to Mark, the 16th chapter, in my name shall they cast out devils and shall they heal the sick. In James, the fifth chapter, it said they should anoint them with oil. And here we are this morning with the scripture. We believe the word of God. Where's the, where's the oil? You go ahead and start praying now. I'm going to ask you to welcome and awaken Jesus this morning. We'll not close the curtains. We're not saying that the lines are not powerful. But we're saying that there's an angel of deliverance among the church. And Father, we rebuke this thing off of this body. I know that it's a cancer. But greater is he that is in us than he that's in this body. Now Satan, we curse the life. By the authority of the word of God as a group of believers, we have confessed our sins. We have laid aside our weights that bear us down. And we have lifted our hands to a holy God this morning and we are anointing him with all. Now in the name of Jesus, Satan, we adjure thee by the power of the living God. Release Ron Spencer this morning. We curse you by the blood of Jesus. The very dynamic life of Almighty God. And life would return. Strength would return. In the name of Jesus. Our lives together here this We join our anointings together, oh God. We ask that that angel of light, Lord, as it delivers my brother this morning, we don't care how you come.
Your presence. 